today is the only day in the Lego Let's Connect series where we will not actually be playing Lego. <laughs> it is. The, I know it. It's not right, but it's okay. God's gonna use it anyway. There we go. So that's we're not gonna be playing any Lego today. It's the only week we will be doing that. Next week we'll be back to another Lego game, which will just change the world in some Lego kind of way. So today we're looking at Matthew 13. The reason we're looking at this chapter is because we're doing this series, Lego Let's Connect. Um, That's really all about his kingdom. It's all about um, us as a collective, about church, about ecclesia. So this week we're looking at what Jesus says that the kingdom is like. In this chapter in the Bible, literally just in one chapter, he says the kingdom of heaven is like seven times, straight through. Um, There's pretty much nowhere else except Matthew's gospel where it says the kingdom of heaven is like... And seven of those all happen in this chapter. The remaining four are um, later on in the book. So we're going to look at Matthew chapter 13. And we're going to go to verse, slowing it down so I can see what my note says. Verse 24. So Matthew 13 verse 24. The parable of the weeds. Got to love that. So before this, he's given the parable of the sower. He's explained it to his disciples. The context is now that he's like, I'm on a roll. So he's just banging out parables now. He just gets through them in really quick succession. So he goes, he put another parable before them saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man. That's what it says in this translation. Every other one says, is like a, but hey, compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the weeds and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seeds in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, least in gathering the weeds you uproot the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time... I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Now, when we read this, it's kind of like, well, surely they could just go and kind of do the weeding. Surely they could just go through it and just pick out those bits and pieces. But you see, in in their context, and what he's referring to with weeds is, is something called Darnell, which is like, it looks a lot like wheat. It's really deceiving. It looks like wheat early on. And it's got these black, um kind of poisonous seeds in it and it's really difficult to tell the difference between wheat and darnel in the early stages it's only when it's fully grown you can then see what's going on you can only then see that okay this isn't what we thought it is so at the fullness of time you can see its true colors you can see what it really is and then you can uproot what's there but the other problem he says the other problem that they have is he goes you can't just go out there and uproot those, those weeds. Even if you can tell which one's which, you can't just go and uproot it. It says they've grown together. So the picture he's saying is like, there's these, these, these roots beneath the ground and they're going to be entangled. And you're going to go to pull something out and as you yank it out, you're going to have another plant that's entangled with it that's going to get pulled out with it and it's going to cause destruction. And as I was kind of reading this, Something that really challenged me about myself, and sometimes I'm really quite quick to judge, be like, oh man, no, I'm not that person, don't like them, don't like this person, no, that's not quite right, that guy's not really on it, this guy's not on it, 
And um, something that Pastor Zach actually had a conversation with me out in Texas was, he said to me, as soon as someone starts slating another minister or slating someone he knows um, in his community, the first thing he does is he literally um, gets up and just says to them in the conversation, doesn't wait to hear it, doesn't wait for them to say anything negative. As soon as they go, like, oh, I don't know about that guy, straight away, he jumps on them and he doesn't have a go at them. He goes, oh, no way. So say someone goes like, oh, yeah, you know, when Andy was here, mm, yeah, you know, didn't really feel what he had to say thought he was a bit whack so Zach straight away is like Andy Andy great Andy and Jody no way we had dinner with them the other night we love those guys and then just looks at them like that and then they're like uh not gonna slag anyone off to you anymore and they kind of walk away and he goes and then I never have to deal with that stuff again and see here in this particular passage what you have is sometimes we want to be quick to look at a situation to uproot something and sometimes those things are tangled together and it can pull someone out with it it can cause damage to someone who's okay next to it. So another illustration is this. I was chatting to someone this week and they were talking about their church context. And within their church, there was this guy who was kind of in a relationship, which I guess from a a Bible perspective, from a Christian perspective, was inappropriate. And so what happened was the minister goes straight round to his house, knocks on the door and he's like, oh, great. He's made an effort to come see me. This is awesome. And then they sit down, they have a cup of tea, a cup of coffee. And then the guy proceeds to tell him everything that's wrong with his relationship, how he needs to end his relationship, and get out of that and exit it. And this guy is like sitting there and he's like, are you serious? The first time you come to visit me in my house, this is what you're going to do. You're going to tell me about myself and you're going to tell me I need to dead this. Like, are you for real? And then so this guy is sharing me the story of his friend. And then he goes on to say, that's his story. But he goes, that's not only his story because there were other guys in the church that loved that guy who stopped going to the church. And as a result, the a few others left as well. And so what, he, what, he, what I guess that's an illustration of is, once again, seeing this situation, seeing it and thinking, oh, this is a weed that needs to be uprooted. And Jesus is saying, this isn't your business. This isn't your job. My job is when I come back, I will harvest at harvest time and I will distinguish. That's not your job. Your job is just just to nurture everything that's in this field. You're going to water everything in this field. You're going to take care of everything in this field. Don't let this be your responsibility. I judge justly. I judge perfectly. I will distinguish one from another. And sometimes we cause huge damage to people who are around us because we're quick to make a judgment and we're quick to come in and want to uproot something that isn't our role to do. And so here he talks about it coming in the finality. So he talks about his kingdom and he sets a a principle that his kingdom is a place of acceptance, but a place where judgment will come in the fullness of time. And he will judge, not me, not you, not our role. He put another parable before them saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of a mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it is grown, it is larger than all the garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. This, for his audience, was shocking news. It was shocking news and it was hard to hear. And some of them would not have liked to have heard this. Because for them, what he's painting a picture of, he's painting a picture of the smallest seed becoming great. Now for them, their understanding of the kingdom of God is, it just starts off great. It's just boom, it's big, it's massive. And what he's saying is, he goes, that's not really how it is. That's not how it is. What it is, is it's a mustard seed. It's the smallest seed. But in time, it will grow to be a 12-foot tree, the biggest of any of the garden plants. And, and people will find rest and refuge within it. The birds will find rest and refuge in it. Just like people will find rest and refuge within his kingdom, is amongst his people. And this is an amazing picture. 
But we don't often like to accept the idea or the notion that it has humble beginnings. It has humble beginnings. I think sometimes in life that can be one of the most painful things that can happen is that we can find ourselves in a place where what God starts among us is really, really small. Ah, oh, Marvin's little baby girl. Look at that pink little hat. Beyond beautiful. But what can happen among us is sometimes we can look at this context of, of these things, these situations, and we can not be embracing of like the humble beginnings that things start off in. So yeah, so when he talks about this mustard seed, he's talking about something that would have shocked the audience. They had this idea that the kingdom of heaven would have been this huge thing straight away. They, they wouldn't have been open for this, this gesture that it starts off small and gets really big. Then he told them another parable. And he said, the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour till it was all leavened, until it spread through everything. Now the message he's given here is that what the kingdom of heaven is like is it's hidden to the eye. You can't see it. It's not necessarily something you can just see and look at and go, oh, that's it. It's there. It's hidden. It's not seen, but it's working and transforming in amongst what it's in, and it spreads throughout the whole thing. It can't be just contained and held in one place. Leaven is normally used as an example of sin, but Jesus is saying here, taking an example and a, a phrase that would normally use with sin, and he's reversing it the other way around, saying just like sin spreads, so does the kingdom of heaven, and it's going to spread throughout the whole of the batch. And this woman has hidden it, and she's put it there, and she's put it in her food, and now it's going to spread throughout the whole bread. And he talks about a quantity, and that quantity would have been the equivalent to about... 39 liters. They could feed a hundred people with that bread. He's saying what starts off small is going to spread. Not only is it going to spread, it's going to provide for people. It's going to be like their life source and their sustenance. And then he says to them, all these things Jesus said to the crowd in parables indeed. He said nothing to them without a parable. This was to fill what the prophet had spoken. I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter what has been hidden since the foundations of the world and in verse 44 he says the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found covered up then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys a field and then straight after that in verse 45 he says similar picture again and again the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls who on finding one pearl of great value went and sold all he had and bought it you got two pictures two guys with heaps of cash <laughs> They, one of them stumbles across something precious and great. The other one is seeking something precious and great. They both find it. And when they both find it, they sell all that they have. He's saying the kingdom of heaven is something precious. It's not something you've seen in a way that you understand it. But when you stumble across it, nothing that you have is of higher value than this kingdom. Nothing that you have is of more worth than what this is. And so he points out a picture of someone who stumbles across it. They're not even looking for it. They come across it. They're like, bang, nothing I have compares to this. Everything becomes secondary. This is my top priority. And in the second instance, you've got a guy actually actively looking and seeking to find it. And what he does is he ditches everything he has for it. He puts everything as secondary to it. And that's the same with us, that when we encounter God's kingdom, everything else in our lives, every other priority that we have becomes second place. Then in verse 47, for the sixth time, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like... And in this case, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that is thrown into the sea, gathering fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted into good containers, but threw away the bad. 
And so in this passage, their context is this. Their understanding of fish is very different to you and I. Any fish that were without scales and without fins were considered bad in their culture and unclean and was a sign of evil. And what Jesus was saying was you cover all these fish, but um, in amongst them are, are these types of fish that they would have deemed unclean. He's saying it's not going to disappear. And you need to get used to the idea that bad things are going to be around you and things are going to happen, are going to be painful, are going to be tough. There's not going to be this ideal, like, even while the kingdom of heaven is at hand and amongst them, still suffering, tough t- things, bad people, dodgy things are going to happen, ha ha ha, all around them. And that's what he's warning. And then in verse 7, um, I'm sorry, in the seventh instance, in verse 52, it says, And he said to them, Therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. He says to his disciples, like, guys, you're being trained for this, but you guys are in a blessed position because with you, you've got all the treasure that was before, but right now you're seeing what is here and is the now and what is going to be the, the kingdom. Not only the promise of the kingdom, coming like in the old testament but it actually being here and among us now when i was thinking about these things that jesus said um i remember looking at the very first one of these parables and it reminded me of a time when i was temping there was a time when i was just trying to rack up as much cash as i could so i had my typical job and i tried to fit in other things around it and um, i ended up temping in a warehouse for the first time ever in my life and I remember my first day in this new environment that I'd never been in before. And as I was in this new environment, I was working really hard. They were putting pub pack promotions together. It's like these posters, these coasters. You were packing it all. You were doing it all, getting it all together, putting it in the parcels. And I was just working like a beast. I was just banging out pack after pack after pack. And then this guy walks over to me and goes, I need to have a word with you. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yes, yeah. so I walked over. He wasn't a boss. He didn't work for the company. He was a temp like me. And he goes, um... Yeah, me and the guys, we've been seeing what you're doing over there. I was like, oh, okay. He goes, yeah, you might want to slow it down a bit. I was like, sorry, I don't understand. And he goes, yeah, you see, this particular job, well, you know, it can be really quick and be done in two days if you carry on at this rate, or it could be done in a week's time, which means we can get more money. So if we all slow down together, we can earn more money. And I looked at him and I was like, I'm really sorry, sir, but that's, that's not in my values. Like, I give my best no matter what I'm doing. Whether I'm doing pub promotion packs or whether I'm doing something else, youth work or anything, I give everything that I have. And then a few other guys came around the side of him and said, well, you see, that's not really going to work for us. And I said, well, I'm really sorry that that's not going to work for you, but this is who I am. These are my values and my values don't change for anyone. And um, I carried on working at that rate. And do you know what happened at the end of the day? This was my first ever day working in a warehouse or doing any temp work like that. We were all gathered together at the end of the day. This guy comes in the middle, who I saw at the beginning of the day, and saw only for the second time there and then. He said, um, called out a list of names, and those names, he said, if you just follow Danny here and walk out with him, um, that'll be that. And then he turned to the rest of us and goes, well done guys, good work today, we'll see you again tomorrow. And then I left there, and as I got outside, all the guys that had gathered around me weren't being called back the next day, and they whittled it down. And when it came down to the end of my time there, I did pretty much the whole week with them. I was the second to last person to go. And the only reason the other guy was picked ahead of me was he had a forklift license. And so he could then once get the boxes and stack them out for the, the van when it came. And so they kept him on after me. But it reminded me of that passage where Jesus talks about the wheat and the tares. And he talks about um, the weeds being among them. And that it's at the fullness of time he judges and he picks them out. And when I thought about that moment, I remembered and I remembered 
how the values that Jesus had taught served me well in that instance. Like I could have been dishonoring to that company and made me the main focus and tried to slow things down just to try and get me more. But actually what can happen is sometimes when we don't make ourselves the center of it all, where we make Jesus, his values, the center of it all, when we see other people, their needs, and put them at the center of it all, you know what? God still looks after us. Like I, I knew what he was saying when he said it to me, it made sense. But I knew it wasn't what Jesus has called me to do. He's called me to do no matter what job I have as if I'm to the Lord. And so even if I'm putting those things in a box, I'm not thinking about how much I'm getting paid at the end of it. I'm thinking about how I'm worshipping my Jesus as I pack that box. It doesn't matter if I have a simple job or a big job. And it's the same for all of us. That in Jesus' kingdom, it's not about placing ourselves at the front of it. It's not about living lives in a way that cuts corners to serve ourselves, but in all things we serve and we worship our God. And in each of these parables, he's saying, this is my kingdom. These people here that were listening, they knew the law and the instruction of God inside out. And so when he was talking about the, par- when he was talking about the kingdom, he wasn't teaching them the core values, which they already had in the law and they knew. He was speaking about the wider context and how it applied in their real world everyday lives taking illustrations that they all knew and were all popular and today what i want to put forward to us is that if we're going to do city hill if we're going to do lego let's connect as the series is called then we have to live by the principles and the values of the kingdom where we don't shortcut and put ourselves first but jesus is first in all things and we work for his kingdom no matter how small the job no matter how big the job no matter how petty the relationship we have with someone we still go all out for that person because we love them and we know that's what Jesus has done for us. Um, Jesus said one other thing in Luke's gospel where he said, the kingdom of heaven is within, it says in the, in the King James. But in the others it says, the kingdom of heaven is among us. He's saying that it's here, it's lived out through us. So if you and I are a part of the kingdom of heaven and yet we choose to cut corners we cease to allow the kingdom of heaven to be among the people that are around us. And we are the salt of the earth. We can't lose our saltiness. We are the light of the world. We've got to shine bright for him, and we've got to live for him. And that's the reason we're doing this series, Connect Lego, because it's about building something together, not only for ourselves, but for the benefit of our community and our friendships, and for God to get his glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm just going to pray for us. Father, I thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Father, I pray that you'd speak to us through the parables that we've seen today. I pray that you would challenge us, Lord God, that we would live lives where you are first, not ours. I pray we would live lives where we don't cut corners for our own self-gain, but we put you and others first because your word says we're to love you with all our hearts, with all our mind, with all our strength, with all our spirit, with all our soul, and like unto it to love our neighbor as ourselves. And you've told us that our neighbor is the person right in front of us. Father God, right there in every day and every moment, Father. We pray that you'd be with us. We pray you'd help us to love, to worship you, and to love others and worship you in our love for them. In Jesus' name, amen.